welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me today, as always, is Court Winston. I am right here with you. I'm right by your side, Katie. What about me? What about you, Cameron? I don't know. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. And the opening bell. So what are we talking about today, Katie? We are talking about taking care of parents every day. Well, not every day. We are talking about taking care of your parents when they get older. Yes. So we we teased this a little bit. And ladies and gentlemen, the way that we're going to do this is just every episode that we touch on this, and we're not going to do a a series. We're just going to sprinkle them in, just a little dash here and there. (laughs) Every episode will get a little bit deeper, or we may take a sidetrack. So... Don't get frustrated if you feel like we're being too broad and overgeneralizing today. We're just we're 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 going one level deeper than we did on the Mother's Day episode, which is when we teased everything. Yeah, because we realize this is such a serious topic that yeah. we've got to make sure we didn't want to throw it all into one episode. We right. want to make sure we get across all the different aspects of it. So this one is just the general of taking care of your parents. And understanding that people are living longer these days. Mm-hmm. And really that kind of think back to the Lion King, the beautiful circle of life and how these people take care of you, they raise you, and then now you've got to start taking care of them because they took care of you. 1930, when when the Great Depression hit, the the average lifespan, the average age of death was 56 years old. That was before Social Security got started, but Social Security got started shortly thereafter. And Mm -hmm. of course, retirement age for Social Security was 65 yeah, so they, people they, weren't even making it to that. Yeah, point. They, they, they they were planning Social Security as a as a safety net for the few people that might live past fifty six years old. They were not expecting everybody to make it past sixty five. Yeah, and of course nowadays a lot of people do. Well, the average uh, the average age of death now is in the seventies, isn't it? Uh, well, we're talking about life expectancy to be in eighties, nineties. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's kind of a we're in a sandwich generation, is what um you know. We were talking to somebody the other day about how you've got kind of the boomerang parents and the boomerang kids. You've got kids that are hanging on your couch and not wanting to leave. And then you've got your parents that are getting older that you need to figure out how to take take care care of of them. them. So you've got both aspects of the circle of life right around you. Okay, so before we get too serious, though, before (laughs) we get really like knee deep into this stuff, because this is a serious topic. And I mean... You know, I know Katie, like for instance, I've mentioned to you before, I know my mom listens, so I'm sure she's going to be very interested to hear what I have to say about what you should do with your parents. Our mamas want to know that we're going to take care of them. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into the serious stuff, our top five this week. Movies that have characters of a more mature (laughs) developmental status. That from an from an attorney that was you know good, good, good lingo there. Um, yes, so this the senior movies, the seasoned individuals. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. So let's start this off with uh, my number one was the Bucket List. Jack Nicholson, Morgan Freeman. It is a great movie. Um, obviously, Jack Nicholson's character doesn't want to be where he is, and. It's just this beautiful friendship of them trying to figure out what all they wanted to do before they passed away. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Grab your tissues. It's a tearjerker. Oh, I just, I, I, I hate tearjerkers. I don't <sighs> like being emotionally manipulated. It makes me angry. Yeah. Okay, my number two is In Her Shoes. And yes, this is a Cameron Diaz movie. Um, and it's kind of... And isn't it, isn't the main focus her sister? The main focus is the relationship with her sister, but there's a side story that it's why it made my list is because 
Cameron Diaz is lost and she doesn't really know what to do with her life. And she's always been told, you know, she's not going to amount to anything except for that she's beautiful. And she ends up going to visit her grandmother, which was Shirley MacLaine in the movie. And it's how she goes to this retirement community and ends up flourishing because she's able to take care of these ladies and go on shopping trips for them. And so it's a cool story of showing a retirement community and how, even though it is, you know, for older people, how it saved a young person's life. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. What was your three? Uh, Number three would be Palms. Um, I was telling you about this the other day, Court, because you are a dance dad. I am a dance dad. So I'm surprised you haven't seen this yet. It's, Mm. I think it was released under the radar and I really don't know how I found it, but Diane Keaton is actually moved into a retirement community and comes in and, you know, there's a a list of clubs that you're allowed to be a part of and she kind of throws it out there and creates a senior palm dance team that competes. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number four, Hanging Up. This is Lisa Kudrow, Meg Ryan. um, Great movie. Oh, yeah. Diane Keaton again. Yeah, Diane Keaton. Walter Matthau is the dad. Mm -hmm. And it is all about these sisters who all have different personalities. They're in different life cycles, different jobs. And it's that they all are trying to adjust taking care of dad. Hmm. And it's a very, it's again, it's one that pulls on the heartstrings. But I always remember it was such a great movie of the different dynamics of the siblings and them trying to work together to try and, and not work together. There's conflict with it, but taking care of dad. And I mean, it's Walter Matthau. Come on. Of course. I mean, who doesn't love Walter <laughs> Matthau? Come on. And my last one I'll throw out there uh, is The Notebook. And I'm talking about from the angle of. Allie getting older mm-hmm. and he uh James Gardner character keeps coming back to Well, it touches on a very her. important element. One of the things that we'll touch on today is that is that older age, Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, th- mm-hmm. that that is something that 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 I'm scared to death of. So, yeah. 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 So those are my five senior movies or uh, seasoned movies. <laughs> <laughs> what are yours, Court? Okay, well, my number 5 is um, actually probably the the earliest movie I remember that was really focused on a a, a, a more senior couple, and that's On Golden Pond. This is a movie. This is a great, great movie. It was really extraordinarily popular when I was a kid. It was uh, the first movie that I remember seeing Henry Fonda in. Uh, he starred in it uh, as the father of his real life daughter, Jane Fonda. Uh, and his wife was um, Catherine Hepburn. I always I have to make sure that I say the right Hepburn. It's, <laughs> this one was Catherine Hepburn, um, and uh, it, it's his daughter Jane Fonda leaves her son with them, you know, to stay for a while. Or I can't remember if she's there the whole time with them, or if he she drops him off and then comes back later. But anyway. It's, it's about this relationship between Henry Fonda and his grandson. It's about the relationship between Henry Fonda and his daughter. And it's about, you know, the relationship between Henry Fonda and Catherine Hepburn. So really, it's a, it's a tour de force performance by Henry Fonda, if you didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a fantastic movie. Um, I was really, really young when I saw it, and I haven't seen it in probably a couple of decades. But I do, I do love it. I remember it very, very fondly. Uh, my number four is going to be, hmm... Gonna be Cocoon, okay? So, (laughs) Cocoon is a fantastic movie. I loved this movie. Wilford Brimley, The Oatmeal Man, The Diabetes Man. Um, Diabetes. Diabetes. 
Um, he was in it. He was in it with uh, God. What was that guy's name? Uh, Steve. 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 I can't remember now. But he played. He, basically, there were a lot of elderly people in a in a retirement home, and um, and they discovered this nest of aliens right close by to their retirement home, and the nest of aliens just happened to have a pool full of uh, magic water that that made them feel younger. And it's it's about how they they end up, you know, basically coming back to life for one of a better way to put it. It's yeah. a really fun movie. Um, Gutenberg, Steve Gutenberg. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, <laughs> number three. You see, now we're getting really tough because I've, I love all three of these movies. So I don't know which what what order we're going to be in. I know what number one is. Okay, so number three is going to be Grumpy Old Men. Uh, we were just yes. talking about Walter Matthau, and of course he's in. This he's in Grumpy Old Men with um, Jack Lemon, and they play Grumpy Old Men, and it is hilarious. I love this movie, and of course Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon have had a long history so of tons acting of together. Movies. Yeah, yeah. So they're 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 fantastic as a team. They and they play off each other. They know each other. And this this movie was probably actually literally written for them, although I can't I can't swear to that. But I mean, it just seems like it must have been written for these two men, and yeah. they are perfect in it. And I then love the it. sequel to it, Grumpier, Grumpier old, old men too. <laughs> yes. Um, my number two is going to be Fried Green Tomatoes. No, oh, great one, fantastic movie. I love it. I uh, don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than that. I mean, it's it's about a... It's In a, itself, it says yeah, that's just a great movie. It's just a fantastic movie. And then my number one is Driving Miss Daisy. Cameron, yes. you want to come in with a little... I mean, I don't know if... if it, I have no objections to this movie. Uh, there, there are people out there that may not like it. I think everything about it is great and fantastic and perfect. Um so I'm just not even going to get into anything other than just Jessica Tandy is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got the phenomenal Morgan Freeman. You cannot not love the two of them together. It is great in every way. I defy you to dislike it. It was and one that, of Morgan's first movies, right? He started later in his, his career. I honestly like one know. of his first bigger movies. I oh, honestly, wow. I do yeah. not know. I don't know when it came out in... I remember the first. I remember him being in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, with um, with uh, Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but great movie. That's my number one, and that is my list. You're welcome. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so in the Mother's Day episode, we talked about facing the music because. Again, this episode, we are still just going a little bit deeper into the surface. We're not going to get into everything, but it's just about making sure you've got that plan. And so with that, it starts with parents take care of us, but who's going to take care of them? And this is a touchy subject, but it starts all with having that conversation. And it's not a conversation anybody wants to have, but it is a conversation that really, realistically, you need to have it. It's not at the Christmas dinner table. No. It's not at Easter. It's I not at Mother's Day or Father's for Day. For goodness sake, no. <laughs> yes, no. As a matter of fact, somebody in the family, and now generally speaking, I don't want to I don't want to overgeneralize, but generally speaking, probably it's not going to be the parents that are going to going to want to bring this up. No, they, it, they, they don't want to talk about this stuff. They first of all, they all suffer from the same complex. Every parent I've ever spoken to that talks about this is always like, I don't want to be a burden. I'll, you know, just yeah. so they're not going to want to talk about it because they're not going to want to stress you out. They're not going to want to bring it up. They don't want to think about it themselves. So 
one of you, one of you, if you're a, if you're an only child, then you yourself, or if you're, if you're one of several siblings, one of you is going to have to take it by the horns, take the bull by the horns and actually set a time for the family to get together and discuss how we're going to manage the latter part of your parents' life. And the reality is this is a conversation that is, it's going to take time to pull out and figure out because that first conversation may be, oh, I don't want to be a burden. You know, it's fine. We'll figure it out later. I'm in great health. But this is a conversation you need to keep pushing. And yes, if you have siblings, it may be a conversation you separately have with your siblings and have a conversation with your parents as well. But it's something that it's never too early to start this conversation and it's going to keep changing as life comes up, as different things come about, as your parents' health, you know, may change. I will caution you if you if you decide to have a conversation with your siblings first, just as a little side note, keep in mind that your parents are not going to like very much if they feel like you have gone behind their backs and planned everything out without yeah. any input from them. So, you know, you maybe have a preliminary talk where you're like, look, we, these are the things that we need to figure out. This is this is, mm-hmm. this is is what we need to discuss with them and figure out with them. But don't start making decisions without including your parents in the talk. And so, yes, wh- why do you need to care about this? Okay, well, hopefully you, you love your parents and you want to make sure they're taken care of. But you need to check their financial status, check their financial plan and figure out, are they prepared if something happens? Are they at jeopardy of outliving their money? Because then it can become on you if you've got to make sure you're budgeting in your life to take care of them because then that's a, it's a ripple effect. If you then have to pull money out of your savings that you were planning for your retirement or mm-hmm. your health care, then you have to use it on your parents. So then your children are not having to deal with you you not having money. So then right. it's just this slippery slope. So that's why it's good to have a plan and make sure that you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you um, you really, the, obviously, the care of the elderly, uh, especially if you get into memory care, we mentioned that in the, in the top five. If you get into something like memory care, Alzheimer's, dementia, something like that, the care of the elderly can get very, very expensive very fast. Mm-hmm. And so you need to know what 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 plans your parents already have. Do they have any plans? Do they are, are they just expecting that they're going to live by themselves without any health issues until the day that they die, and then they'll pass away quietly in their sleep? Yeah. Realistically speaking, that's probably not the way things are going to happen. So financially, can they support themselves going into some sort of assisted living environment? Or financially, are you going to have to help them? Or do they have long-term care insurance? Or, you know, uh, do they, are, are they absolutely destitute? It, it, whatever their financial, financial situation is, you need to determine what that financial situation is and make sure that you have a plan for how you're going to face this if it comes about. Absolutely. If the need for caring for them comes about yeah and it's it's awful the number of people that have poverty because of healthcare that they have gone you know had to not get medicine had to you know not want to tell their children that they couldn't afford something because they didn't want to burden their children and then they end up passing away prematurely because they didn't budget for it they didn't have those means and so with this it's one of those You have to have a plan, and we have to understand there's a lot of components with this plan. There is the financial that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. There's the family. It's working together. Is one sibling wealthier than the other? Well, it shouldn't all, that shouldn't be the thing of, oh, yeah, you were more successful. You need to take care of mom and dad. Right. So you've got to deal with the family dynamics of it. And also, 
talking with your parents because it's not an easy thing. If you're like, you know, my parents love you guys, but y'all are stubborn. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a hard battle when we have this conversation. Yeah, your dad has actually literally said to us, uh, just send me off to Siberia. I don't want my family care. Yeah, exactly. Me. I'm picturing uh, like the movie North where they actually put the Eskimo people on the ice and just like send them off. Oh, my Lord. That's just, I mean, that's... You went dark, Katie. Well, I'm not saying I'm going to do that to dad. This but escalated like, <laughs> quickly. But here's the thing I want you, we talked about financial and family, but let's talk about the emotional aspect of this. Toughest part about this for me is, 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 is the emotional aspect of, I, you know, I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to see my, my parents get old. I don't want to think about my parents getting old or not being able to take care of themselves. They don't want to be a burden to me or to my siblings or whatever. Uh, So, you know, there's all of this stuff going on. Yeah, it's, it's the philosophy of, oh, no, it's not going to happen to yeah, me. Yeah, like, exactly. They're, they're going to live forever. And right. that's the emotional of it. And it's one of those that if you can start having the conversation now while your parents are in great health, while they are able to talk to you, then it helps make it where you feel confident when you're having to make those hard decisions of, I've got to take mom and take her here. I've got to take dad and take him here. You know that it's the right decision. It's what they would want instead of, your didn't plan and now suddenly a parent's gotten a crazy diagnosis and you have to take the authority to make the decision and then you're going to beat yourself up going is this the right thing is this what they would have wanted well okay so one thing that we do need to touch on is not so much the social thing but just sort of the practical element of Mm -hmm. this is if it does fall to you to take control of the situation and make the decisions for them. Because let's say they have been diagnosed with dementia and they can't make the decisions for themselves. There, are, there, there is the emotional element. They're going to fight you tooth and nail. I know this from personal experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to fight you tooth and nail. They are not going to want you making the decisions for them. They're going to do everything they can to prove that they do not have anything that is messing with their, their ability to make their own decisions. So that that that's the emotional part. They're going to react negatively if you start trying to take control. And secondly, do you even have the ability to take control? Do you have, I know people that you have heard court talk about this before, but I'm going to say it again. Do you have a document that grants you the authority to make decisions on your parents' behalf, both for their health care and for their financial well-being? That is called what? a power of attorney. Yep. And they need to have one and they can have a power of attorney that designates each other as their first power agent, uh, as their first agent. But then after their spouse is their agent, they need to have a backup agent and that needs to be someone who can care for them if they cannot take care of things for themselves. And this isn't about giving over ultimate control right now. This is about having a plan in place for Mm -hmm. someone being able to take control for you when you can no longer handle your own affairs. So this brings up a point that I don't know if anybody watched the movie on Netflix called I Care A Lot. It had uh, Rosamund Pike in it, and she was the one that was in Gone Girl, the Ben Affleck movie. I loved her in that. She Yeah, but she pretty much plays the same, like, straight-faced, cold, like, I don't think she ever cracks a smile in this whole Mm. movie. But it is about her, I mean, she's a bad person in this, but she is taking advantage of older people. And we're going to do a whole thing about elder abuse because that is such a serious issue. But in this movie, it is she gets power of attorney for these people because she preys on them that they don't have any family. And she says that, oh, I'll be your health care provider. Give me power of attorney. I'll take care of you. And then she ends up robbing these people mm-hmm. and stealing from them. 
But so that was real. Again, I guess I'm being dark today. Yeah. Uh, but that was a dark example of you just need to make sure that you've got your you know T's crossed, your I's dotted, that you have everything set up now so that you can take care of them. But it's not that you're stripping away their power to handle their life. Yeah, no. God forbid you should you should have a situation where someone that is not a, it could be that you have a child parents be sure that you're aware of your child's propensity to take advantage of your condition Mm -hmm. there, there, you know, you need to make sure that you, you have multiple eyes on you when it, when it's, when it comes time for someone to be caring for you, a, a child, unfortunately, can be the one that takes advantage of you. I, I, I had there's an entire class in law school about elder law, and a lot of the cases that we reviewed in that class were all about a child taking advantage of their parent. So God forbid it should be a child that takes advantage of the parent. But kids also be aware that you know obviously elder people are a number one target for all sorts of malicious folks out there that would just are just waiting for the opportunity to get in there and take advantage of someone who maybe trusts a little bit more than they should. Yeah. It's also knowing yourself because if you know that if you will be faced with a difficult decision, then maybe you don't need to be the one that's in control. Maybe it needs to be your sibling. No. Yes. It doesn't mean that you don't care about your parents. You just know yourself and know what's going to be best for them. Uh, and, you know, uh, just to, to give you a personal example again, because I, I can, I can, you know, I can't, I can talk about myself all day. Um, I recommend different of my siblings for different roles in my yeah. parents, in my parents' life, because different siblings are stronger at different elements. So, you know, uh, what, who's going to take care of the financial power of attorney versus who's going to take care of the health healthcare power of attorney. That might be two different people. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Parents, you don't have to pick the same child for everything. You also don't feel like you have to spread it out and be fair among all your children. No, you don't. Play to your children's strengths. Yeah, my parents made me their executor of their will because Mm -hmm. I'm the only boy. I'm the middle child. And uh, they didn't want to upset my sisters, but it was kind of a secret because they didn't want to you know, bring it up because that's kind of a touchy subject. But they're like, it makes sense. We live close to you. You are the only boy. There you go. Boom. Well, and it's like, it's just me and my brother, but it's, um, you know, both of us are emotional people, but I know how I am now is I would be better off being the person to try and handle the paperwork, handle the financials, handle that, mm-hmm. because I don't know that I could make the right decisions. I would be so distraught myself trying to make the decisions that I think it needs to be on my brother to make those decisions. But it's it's also, that's how I feel right now. And it's something that could change. Yeah. And that's where it's this conversation happens now, but it evolves, it changes. Like if something was to happen in somebody's life that then they no longer could really be in control, then yeah, you change that. And generally speaking though, you know, it's almost, we might almost be accidentally giving people the impression that we're, we're assuming a full stop in your parents' uh, uh, ability to communicate. It's not like one no. day they're going to wake up and not be able to talk to you anymore. Um, so y- you still are going to be always taking into consideration their wants, their desires, their needs. Um, you will continue to communicate with them as long as you can. And it may be that you can communicate with them perfectly clearly up until the day that they pass. It may just be that they can't 
get out and get in a car and take themselves to the to the bank and handle their financial affairs or whatever. This conversation reminds me of, I don't know if y'all have seen this, it's this little cartoon image floating around social media. It's like a montage. It's a, a mom our age holding a little baby. And then the baby gets older and starts walking alongside her as it becomes a toddler. And then the mom of that baby starts shrinking and getting like hunched over like an mm-hmm. old woman. And at the end, the baby who is now a mom is holding her grown mother in her arms who's aged. It is, it's really sad yeah. and sentimental. It shows you how, how quick life really is. Okay. So one other element that we do want to talk about is that social element. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's the social element and it's, I mean, we're, we're talking about researching the different activities and areas for people to be because mm-hmm. you have to address not only who's going to be in control, but if they live somewhere else, where are they going to live? How is that going to work? And so it's, you know, researching your aging care and senior housing options, independent living. And, you know, that's where senior retirement communities, that they can still take care of themselves. They still have their own places, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, that there's more of a like-minded people around them. Yeah. And then you've got assisted living, which is someone coming to help out, making sure that they're eating, making sure that um, their house is cleaned, all of that. Memory care, that's when you get into... They're locked in. They're locked in, and it's for their safety. Yeah. And it's making sure that they're taken care of and they're not wandering. You've got the nursing home, and that is where... I, full nursing care. Full nursing basically. care. And my mom always, for years, has always joked of like, oh, okay, I've got this new puzzle, or I've got this new act, um, new craft thing. I'll put it away for the nursing home. <laughs> I'm like, haha, don't joke about that, mom. Yeah. Because that, But a nursing home is truly where you have that medical staff available. Adult daycare is something like it sounds. It's a sure. place you drop off your parents to then go and have activities while you may be at work, but then they live with you or, or they have a home that they go to. Mm-hmm. And you've got in-home care, somebody coming to their house, and it could be once a week just to check on them every day, 24-7. Come in in the morning to make sure they take their meds. Come in and help them get dressed. Come in and, you know, or it's, you know, full all-day care in the home. Yeah. That gets expensive, but people, some people prefer that. Some people want to stay in their house mm-hmm. no matter what. And if they want to do that and they can afford to pay somebody to come to their house, more power to them, obviously. Yeah, and then you've got your home. Mm-hmm. And that's something where it's, you bring your parent into your house and you're taking care of them and... It's something you've got to, we've got to face the music of what does that do to your marriage? What does that do to your family? Because it's, yes, you want to take care of your aging parent, but is it a good thing or a bad thing for your their grandchild to see them in that capacity? What does it do to your day-to-day life taking care of them? And it's, I'm not saying one way or the other, because there's positives and negatives to both, but it's. This is all like you've got to weigh your options mm-hmm. on what fits them. Um, I know my grandmother, she passed away. And before that, she wanted to stay in her home. And we were able to have someone come and stay with her. And when you were talking about that clip, Cam, it's I think about Granny that way. And it was that I was so, she had Alzheimer's and watching how she was so childlike. And it was mm-hmm. just mind-blowing to me. And it was hard for my mom's sister, who was really close because my granny, her mother would get 
mad at her and call her mother and say, oh, you're not letting me do this. And it was, I'm sure it was extremely hard. I mean, it was hard on all of us, hard on all the siblings, but that's what you have to understand the emotions that go into this. Mm -hmm. And you've got to know what's best for your parents, but also what's best for you. Yeah. You've got... Uh, you've got a whole lot of moving. I think I, I probably say that at least once in every episode. <laughs> a lot you, of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. You've got a whole lot of moving parts that you, you that you really have to, to to keep in mind. And again, you know, I, I mentioned that social aspect at the front of this because one of the things that that you have to consider is um, humans are social animals. Mm-hmm. Your parents are going to want to continue to have socialization. They're going to want to continue to interact with people as long as they are able. Um, you want to provide them with an environment that allows them to do that to the, to the, to, to the extent that they want. Um, decisions that you make can also affect you socially. And so you, you may be considering having your parents come live with you or moving in with your parents if they have a house and they invite you to stay with them. And because, you know, you and you're able to do that. You may be. It may be that you you have a child you, that you, as the child of a person who needs care, have a child who could take care of that person. Um, maybe one of your maybe one of your siblings or your kids is a healthcare professional, yeah. and they're well suited to this. That's that's fantastic. But every decision you make, remember, it affects how your it it affects how you are going to be able to live your life. It also, you know, there is a social pressure that we do have to talk about. There is a social pressure that how you're going to how you're going to manage this for your parents and are you going to do the right thing by your parents and uh, there's a social pressure on your parents to stay independent and mm-hmm. to to not be, you know, to to not have to move into a, a home or something like that well, with some sort of so, negative connotation. So much of it is listening to them and trying, and it, a lot of it is trial and error because I know we've helped out some clients where it seemed like the right answer was for, you know, they went through some trauma and lost their spouse or lost, you know, a child or something. And they thought, okay, well, you need to go to a retirement community. You need to be there. But then their quality of life was awful because they missed being able to be outside and garden and they missed Mm -hmm. their activities. They missed their going to their church or going to their things. And so there's an element of trying to juggle and figure out like, yes, you need to put them somewhere where they're going to be taken care of, but also their life can be shortened if they're unhappy. Oh, sure. If they're not where they need to be and you've just, and again, it's also, you don't like throw them at a place and like lock them away and say, bye, I'll, I'll see you once a year because it's people feed off of other people. And if they know there's someone caring, they're going to stay around more. And David all the time says um, that as long as you're feeding your mind, then you're, you live longer, Mm -hmm. honestly. And so if there's someone who believes in that, you need to put them somewhere where they can still educate themselves. They can still feel a part of the community. So again, we've given sort of this broad overview of of the different options for care. And, you know, some parents don't ever need it. And so we're not saying it is a 100% definite that every single parent yeah. is ever going to, is is always going to need something. Some may look at you and be like, I already figured that out. You're don't insane. you worry. Go talk to yeah. my attorney or financial advisor or whatever. But for those that do need it, you do, and anyone might need it. So for those that do need it, you do need to have the plan in place. And one thing that we really haven't touched on at all that we need to, and again, we're 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 skimming over the surface. Uh-huh. We're going to go deeper into all of this uh, little by little, so that we sort of ease everybody into it. But we haven't even talked about really paying for it. 
And obviously that financial consideration is, is, Ouch. is yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's definitely something. And it's, you know, you've got, when you think about being older, you've got Medicare, Medicaid, which court, give me your answer of how you tell the difference of those two. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, Medicare will not cover your long-term care mm-hmm. needs. If you have to, to go anywhere or pay anyone to take care of you as you age because you can't do everything for yourself, Medicare will not pay for that long-term, okay? Uh, Medicare is health care for people who have reached retirement age. Um, Medicaid is health care for people who are um, disabled or poor or both, um, blind, young. It's it, it covers yeah. it can cover children who are poor and don't have coverage. So Medicaid, basically, to to very very much oversimplify it, and, and you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna really really just over oversimplify. Take away it. the jargon of it okay, and tell yeah. us. <laughs> Medicare is healthcare for old people. Medicaid is healthcare for impoverished people. So aid for those, care for older. Right. And care will not take care of long-term care, but Medicaid can sometimes. <laughs> it's a lot of care. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. you could you could potentially end up using Medicaid to pay for long-term care for someone if they are impoverished. Yeah. But Medicare won't do it. So really... We said it's good. It's going to be ouch with finance. It's going to cost a lot, but it just kind of throws some numbers out there. You could have a nursing home, a private room, cost you one hundred and five thousand a year, and adult daycare twenty thousand a year. So it's a lot of money, and that's where it's you explore the options of, you know, what what do you need? Do they need a long term care? Which that in itself is kind of jargony, and it's like a insurance policy. But that's something that you typically don't buy until you're 40. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're not even going to give you a quote for it until you're 40. Yeah. And, it's, and unfortunately, it's not as it's really not as it's not as wonderful as, as it, it sometimes be. seems or, because it's, yeah. you, you lock in you, you're underwritten, but it doesn't mean you're locking in a price. Yeah. And so it's really you've got this coverage. But then there's so much things that it covers and doesn't cover that I know we've helped some clients and it's almost more of a headache to deal with their long-term care policy and figure out what we can and can't do versus just going, she just needs someone to come and check on her. I just need to pay for this. And so a lot of times it's one of those that you don't need to get those options if you have enough assets built up for health care. The finances of long-term care for the elderly is a an episode all by itself. Yes. So... Again, we will we will definitely get to it. I don't want to go too far into the weeds today. There are a whole lot of considerations. Long-term care insurance is an option. It's not necessarily always the best option. It's an option. Being independently wealthy, and I'm being dead serious here, having a significant amount of money and being able to basically self-insure, that's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, Medicaid for impoverished people is an option. If yeah. you're elderly and you don't have any money, basically, Medicaid could could help you out there. Um, or, you know, leaning on your kids. If your kids have the money and can spare the money, then that is an option as well. All of these are things that we will get into. They're all options. But just go back over those. Hit those numbers one more time. 
just adult daycare going adult daycare twenty thousand dollars having 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 a private room at a nursing home over a hundred thousand dollars a year these are some big numbers yeah the way and it, it this just came to me as we were talking about this we you would work with someone, hopefully, if your kid was going to go to college and you wanted to help pay for school, you work with someone to try and plan out how much you think school could potentially cost. Now, obviously, it's not an exact number because we don't know if your kid is going to live in an on-campus apartment or do Greek life or whatever it may be. The number is just a guesstimate. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost the same thing. You start early and guesstimate like, okay, I think mom's going to want to go to a retirement community or she's going to come live with me. You start guesstimating how much money that's going to be and start kind of making sure your parents have that money stockpiled away. Or if they don't have the means to do it, you're talking to your siblings. Because if you don't, you could be faced with a quick decision of you have six months to figure out how to pay for mom to go to a nursing home. Yeah. And you you could potentially, it is possible that someone could plan far enough in advance that they could have the funds available to them to self-insure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you invest and you sock money away and you, 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 you plan properly, you could potentially have the money yourself without having to deal with insurers or your, your kids' money or whatever. And just like anything else, the longer, the, the farther in advance you can plan, the more likely you are going to be able to reach a particular goal that you set. Because the more time you have for your money to grow, the higher the likelihood that it will and that it will reach the levels you need. Um, planning in, in advance, parents, start as, as early as you can. If you haven't already started, start now. Kids, make sure your parents have started. If they haven't already, make sure they start now. And kids, if you're my age, you should be looking at what you're going to do in 20, 30 years yeah. down the road because, you know, I don't want my kids to have to to worry about me any more than I'm sure my parents want me worrying about them. But And this isn't something you have to do on your own. Like, that's where you have good partners and you find people, whether it's an attorney or, you know, a financial advisor or something like that. Or, or both. Or both, yeah. yeah. It's... Um, you need... You, you really need to talk to both. Uh, I, I mean, that's the bottom line. You'll, you you will want somebody to help you make your financial plans and remember those important documents that I talked about earlier. That's only part of the important documents you need, but you're going to want to talk to an, an attorney about those as well. So both. Yeah, both. absolutely. Well, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I'm going to tease a future episode, but it's also very important that your your CPA, your attorney, and your financial advisor play well in the sandbox together because it's so crucial that those are all talking to each other and making sure that what is in your will is also reflecting on your beneficiaries for your financial. And I'm going to call myself out on a jargon because just so you know, a beneficiary is obviously the person who is the benefit of that money. Yeah. Well, well, basically the person who will inherit it after you're gone. Yeah. And so it's just important to make sure that those three companies, those three individuals or companies are really talking to each other, but I'm going to do a whole episode about that. So I'll get off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as, as usual, I feel like we've given them more than enough, uh, uh, information for one sitting. Um, so why don't we wrap it up? Give them a bullseye. Uh, tell t- t- tell them what what is your takeaway, Katie, for this episode? Your one thing that you really want them to know above all else. Okay, so I guess my bullseye would be have a plan. Understand the emotional impact of it. It's kind of like when I referenced the beginning, the movie Hanging Up. Um, 
they they needed to take care of their dad and there was three sisters and all of them had different lives going on so a call came that they needed to do something for dad well one had a kid's ballet recital to go to one had a meeting to go to so life isn't going to happen in a perfect moment when you're ready for it so go ahead and plan and figure out what's going to happen so you know when you get that call it's going to be emotional that you've got to act in that moment but you already are prepared and know what you're going to be doing And so it's just one of those that be in control of the situation because one way or the other, something will come up and you're going to have to make a decision. So it's, do you already have your plan figured out or are you having to very quickly make a plan and then deal with it afterwards? Bullseye. Bullseye. Well, okay. So my bullseye is pretty simple and I love it because I get to use this bullseye a lot. (laughs) It, it, It sums up so many of our episodes, but here it is. Do it. Do it. You know what? Uh, I make light, but it's seriously, you're just going to have to bite the bullet and do this. You need to do it. Do it. You need to have the conversation. It needs to be done. So don't come up with excuses. Don't find reasons why you can't. Get everybody together and do it. What are you talking about? What are we going to do if something happens to mom and dad? Who's going to take care of them? How are we going to pay for it? And ultimately, are we going to have the authority to make decisions for them if they can't do it for themselves? Those are just the broad, big questions. Do that at a minimum and come back and let me know when you've done it. That's my bullseye. Oh, Katie, look, there's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you haven't heard it before, Please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Katie, and I mean, I guess if you want to find out more about me too, then oh, hush. you can always go to our website. The website is bullcastpodcast.com. You can also find links to listen to our episodes there, and you can find a place where you can leave us uh, messages. If you want to suggest a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, feel free. Um, we are happy to uh, to respond to all comers, as it were. Hey, Court. Yes, sir. We're on episode 50. <gasps> it's kind of a big deal. That's kind of a big deal. I don't know if you guys know this, but that's kind of a big deal. 50 episodes. 50 episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the big 5-0. I'm not even 50 yet, so thank goodness for that. Um, if you'd like to see some pictures of this old man, then feel free to go on to Instagram. <laughs> Our Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And as always, uh, Cameron and a few little elf helpers have words that they like to put out there on the uh, Twitters. Many words. Many words. <laughs> all of the words. Some of them big. Lots of big words. Uh, the Twitter handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we've mentioned it this episode, although we did mention David, at least off offhandedly. Uh, We work for a man named David Pickler. David Pickler has a company called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you would like to find out more about that company, our amazing team, or our boss, David Pickler, then please get yourself over to that website. That's PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an an E. E. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I have given you everything you need to go forth and be merry. So for now, I am Court. I'm Katie. And I'm Cameron. I'll make this quick. I didn't want to step on toes during the top five, but I've got one movie about aging people. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's what ben- you got? Benjamin Button. It's one of my top three favorite movies. Stars Brad Pitt in what I think is his best role yet. 
He is born an old man baby, which is weird. It's like a fairy tale almost. <laughs> and as he gets older, his appearance gets younger. And so the story is about um, his relationship with this girl named Daisy. As she's becoming an old woman, he's becoming a baby. And spoiler alert, he dies in her arms as a little baby, and she's an old woman. So go check it out. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is all. We out. We out.